Welcome to another edition of San Joaquin Spotlight. This is a public affairs broadcast airing on CMAC, Comcast 93 and AT&T 99 on the uh, television in the Fresno and Clovis area. We're also in the Central Valley of California on Talk Radio 1550, KXEX, and finally, we're on Spotify's Anchor FM podcast. Also, we're on Spotify, but we upload to the Anchor FM podcast medium. And today we're going to be talking about history and specifically historic buildings. And I found out about a gentleman in town that loved historic buildings and really has a a good grasp of history in the area. His name is Chris Rocha. He's on the Historic Preservation Commission of the City of Fresno. Welcome, Chris. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I, uh, my husband and I got married, actually, of course, out of um, the historic Kearney Mansion. Uh, so my last name uh, is Ramos now. But uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And you know what? Somebody told me Chris Ramos, and I said, I think it's Chris Rocha. So Chris Ramos, <laughs> Chris Rocha, same person. And here and he is. So, you know, uh, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about history. But before we go there, I mean, why are you so interested in the history of this community? You know, I, um, I've i always, uh, since I was a kid, I have I, it sounds so silly, but um, when the <laughs> when the movie Titanic came out, um, you know, I was in elementary school, and I remember um, that was my first time remembering uh, my interest peaking in um, history, and you know that this piece of history was just sitting there at the bottom of the ocean, and it got my mind. It's spinning on, um, you know, what kind of history can I learn about my own city? And I was fortunate enough that my um, elementary school, uh, McKinley Elementary, a fantastic elementary school in Fresno, um, our field trips mostly focused around Fresno history. And so I, I honestly um, have uh, McKinley Elementary to, to thank for a lot of my passion uh, for Fresno's history. And, um, you know, we took plenty of trips to the underground gardens and the Mukes home and Kearney mansion. And, um, it was just ever since then and seeing these places that, um, I didn't frequent as a kid, my family, uh, you know, didn't go and visit these historic, uh, assets. And I had no idea that our city even had them until my school took us there. And um, I just had no idea that our, that was part of our city at all. I was only used to my own neighborhood. And um, the more I learned, the more I cared. And the more I cared, the more I wanted to do and not just have an online presence. I wanted to get my hands dirty and get involved, um, be a part of this, you know, uh, potential change for our community. And so I um, just started getting involved in downtown as much as I could. I uh, started my page, Vintage Fresno, um, on social media, and that 
really took off. I was just wanting to, I thought I can't be the only person <laughs> that cares or people just don't know. I can't be the only person that just didn't know. And um, it turns out that most people just don't know um, what beautiful architecture we have in Fresno, what incredible, beautiful history and cultures we have in Fresno. Um, because maybe the only reason they come downtown is before, uh, or maybe still would be to pay a parking ticket <laughs> or if they had jury duty. Uh, and, you know, so they are already associating downtown with something uh, negative. And then I, um, I worked for a couple different places downtown. I joined the downtown Academy. Uh, it was hosted by the downtown Fresno partnership um, still is. I encourage everyone to join that. It changed my life um, and my career. And from there, I went on to work for the Downtown Fresno Partnership. I uh, became the business development coordinator, got to uh, learn about a lot of these historic buildings and walk inside of them and uh, talk with property owners. And um, then I eventually, in 2019, came over to uh, Bitwise Industries, where my love for uh, underserved communities and downtown revitalization and historic buildings um, obviously all comes into play in the work that we do at Bitwise. And so now I have the privilege of, um, you know, with no formal education on historic preservation, everything I know, I've learned from amazing people. I've had the privilege of sitting next to <laughs> uh, at different events. And uh, I've taught myself a lot. I tried to, um, you know, stay educated on uh, recent historic preservation uh, grants and different ways that it can be utilized in cities and um, just try to do as much as I can now to share that with the rest of Fresno. And what a perfect way for you to learn or have a love for history than the movie Titanics. I mean, I mean, words can't describe how well from the performance from the ship itself. I mean, when the Titanic was sinking, our hearts were all sinking. When, you know, Celine Dion's song came on, everybody was just in shock. And so a very interesting story. Good, good story. Chris, I want to talk to you a little bit about the history we have in downtown. And here's what I mean. Like, I work in downtown. I go to church in downtown. And I love walking the Fulton Mall every day for my lunch. And some of the buildings have such character. Talk to me a little bit about people who haven't been to downtown. What are they missing? They are missing um, all the things that they enjoy seeing in other downtowns that they travel to on purpose. <laughs> um, we have them here in our own downtown. You know, I, in the last 10 years since I've gotten involved in downtown, the change, nothing happens overnight. Um, I think a lot of people forget that. There's also, you know, a lot of funding that has to go into making sure projects happen. And um, there's also a lot of politics that come into play as we know. Uh, and so, just bigger picture, you know, when I, um, when I moved downtown, there was, we lived at uh, the Brio Apartments in the Cultural Arts District. Our apartment looked out to a dirt lot with 
Um, we, we always joke and say uh, we looked out to dirt and broken glass and dog poop. <laughs> and now it's this beautiful cultural arts park that is a hot spot during Art Hop. You know, we, um, Art Hop in general, that's a reason to come downtown. If people are not coming to downtown, wait and come on the first Thursday of the month. Come and check out Art Hop. It's incredible. Talk to, with the Fresno Arts Council or go on their website. You can see all the different hot spots of where you can go. Um, you get it, you can much easily, much more easily see how downtown or where downtown is headed and um, how it could be uh, full, full time. And driving through this area, we just have a collection of incredible architecture, skyscrapers, beautiful buildings that are not present in the rest of the city. And uh, we have beautiful architecture in, you know, South Fresno and Tower and Chinatown. Um, but downtown uh, was our main corridor. And this is, this was, you know, the business district when Fresno was booming. That's why these buildings were erected. That's how well we were doing. And to come down here and see, oh, we, we built that. We must have been doing, <laughs> doing something right. You know, things were going really good. And uh, things, are, things are changing. Things are changing. We've got a lot of, um, and nothing is easy, but we've got a lot of great progress. Uh, a couple of years ago, the brewery district, there wasn't one. We had Tioga. This is only four years ago, if that. <laughs> we only had Tioga. You know, now we have Reza Simi's uh, property, his historic property at Sun Stereo Warehouse, uh, right across the street that uh, is almost at full capacity, I believe. Oh, and it just opened. And then I think they had two tenants in there the last 20 plus years. And, uh, you know, you've got uh, Nora Monaco, who um, is a property owner of uh, Tioga's property. Um, Nora Monaco and her husband, um, have just completely, or her, her family, I should say, have completely ran with turning that into a brewery district. The mural that you see, um, the renovation where modernist cocktail bar is, or where the uh, whiskey lounge is going to go, uh, or the dab tacos, uh, all of that, um, they have drawn that because they put investment back into those properties that had been vacant and blight uh you know not blighted but um they were boarded up and fresno beige <laughs> and now they they're painted and they have life in them not just in the daytime it doesn't end at five o'clock in downtown the way it used to there is a nightlife that you can come and experience down here um that you just really couldn't just a few short years ago let's talk a little bit about how exciting it is to see the work being done on the helm and the security bank building as well. How cool, right? Yeah, I, uh, Savak Kachadorian, uh, he held true to his promise that he made. I remember even before I had gotten involved in downtown, um, I believe it was the Downtown Fresno Partnership had put out uh, a video uh, with him and several other uh, downtown advocates and developers that, uh, you know, as soon as Fulton Street was open, they would. Uh, invest more money into their properties. And um, he's held true to that. And 
what he's done with the security bank building um, is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I got engaged at the very top <laughs> uh, in 2016. Um, the, the ballroom and the movie theater and um, the lofts, you can, if anyone wants to stay there, I highly recommend. Uh, the lofts are actually on Airbnb. A lot of people I've spoken to don't know that, but you can have an incredible view of Chickchansey Baseball Park during baseball season, the fireworks are eye level <laughs> with you because you're in this incredible skyscraper, historic skyscraper in downtown Fresno. And um, now to see him move on over to the Helm building, um, which is, I believe, uh, at least the upper floors have been vacant since at least the early 90s. Um, it's huge. It's huge. Uh, to see the, not only that, the restoration work that he's doing. He removed all of the um, 1960s facade that they had thrown on um, the Helm building and has recreated a lot of the ornamental detailing. Uh, it just carries it all the way down to the ground, uh, ground level now. And the difference that it makes, I was looking through pictures last night um, of what it just looked like, you know, right before that. And it's amazing. It's really amazing. You know, what's cool is that actually there's a La Boulangerie now on the full on Fulton Street where the Fulton yes. Mall was. And it's right. I mean, like we're getting there and it's cool to have like a La Boulangerie and then in the middle of these historic buildings, because, you know, next to the Security Bank building is another nice detailed building. Yes. The Mason Building, uh, Mason Building. I had the privilege of uh, walking through the upper floors. It has just as much beautiful original detailing inside, uh, marble hallways, and you name it. Um, it. Tons of potential that would also make for you know great offices or housing, uh, affordable housing. Uh, we need <laughs> plenty of that. Um, but you know. Yeah, when, when La Boulangerie decided to move to downtown and into a historic building, they have, they're just such a huge part of our community anyway. And every I think everybody knows them. <laughs> uh, and so for someplace local to want to relocate in downtown, I think that sent a big message um, to a lot of people. And uh, I know that everyone who works in the downtown area appreciates being able to uh, get some of their pastries and coffee uh, throughout the week instead of having to, you know, drive over to Fig Garden. They can take their lunch hour uh, and walk right over. Chris, let's talk a little bit about Chinatown as well, because not too far from downtown Fresno, where you have these beautiful buildings, you also have Chinatown. And there are some historic buildings in Chinatown, correct? Tell us a little bit about what you know about Chinatown. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, our Chinatown um, has not received the attention, uh, respect, or investment that it deserves uh, in a really long time, decades. And uh, we've lost a lot of historic properties over the years. Um, a major one more recently on their main street, uh, beautiful. I, I think most would agree, probably the most beautiful building 
um, in Chinatown, uh, we lost due to fire and um, it had been sitting empty for uh, for decades. There is a lot of really great work that is currently happening. Um, the uh, Chinatown Foundation, um, Jan Manami, uh, there's a lot of great folks that are really working. Uh, there's TCC funding coming to improve, um, you know, the streetscape, also improve uh, disinvestment in that area in general is just very apparent driving through. Um, I think if anyone is in their own neighborhood and not understanding that, um, I think driving through a place like Chinatown, you can have a much better understanding that as years pass, you hope that the same doesn't happen to your own neighborhood, that the city doesn't only start investing in certain parts of our city. And, um, you know, to be in a place where uh, we have property owners and uh, nonprofits that are working together with um, all kinds of people within the community to try and make uh, Chinatown, uh, you know, have a breath of fresh air <laughs> and um, get the cultural respect that it deserves. Uh, the just in general right now, uh, there's hardly any housing. Um, there has been uh, no major development in that area in an extremely long time. And um, the new Monarch, uh, I believe they're called Monarch uh, apartments that are being built right now is they're absolutely beautiful. The, to see something like that happening in Chinatown, um, I, I didn't know when I would see anything like that happen. It's hard enough to see things, um, happen for downtown and downtown usually gets more of a push. Uh, than other parts of our city that also need a lot of uh, love and care and investment. Um, so to, to see such a big project happening for uh, Chinatown, I'm, I'm really excited. The more housing we have in these areas, um, you know, the more people that there are to in, go and spend their money and, and visit the patrons and the businesses that are here to support them so that they can survive and we can have cool things like, you know, Quail State Rooftop Bar and the, you know, uh, Pacific Southwest building. And I'm glad you brought up housing. Is that the magic word? Because some people say build it and they'll come, but we don't say build what? Is it housing right. or is it commercial? What's the key here? What's the answer? You live in downtown. So you <laughs> made the move. You work in downtown. There are tons of other people following and, you know, I see people jogging at all hours. I see yeah. people walking. So is the answer housing or is the answer something like an Ikea? You know, um, so I don't work. I don't live in downtown any longer. So I, we live over in the uh, Fresno high tower neighborhood. Now we bought our house in 2019. Um, but um, you know, obviously still working downtown at, at bitwise, but um I think, so when I was part of the downtown academy class, um, we got to travel to different downtowns to try to understand how downtowns come back to life. What does that look like? Um, how do you make sure that, you know, development and investment doesn't lead to gentrification? 
the people who are already calling this place home being priced out of their own home. Um, these are all things that I learned about uh, taking the Downtown Academy class. And uh, we visited Burbank uh, when I took the class in 2015. And they actually, some of their city leaders said, you know, Fresno actually has the upper hand because um, they sought out a lot of bigger name uh, retailers, which they have, <laughs> but they were behind on their housing. And so Fresno, why we, we definitely are behind <laughs> on quite a few things that other cities are um, already ahead. Uh, we at least have the opportunity to learn from the other cities. And granted, we're Fresno, we're not LA, we're not San Francisco. We don't need to be, we don't need to try and be. We can be uniquely Fresno, but we have just as many reasons to make this a beautiful place for people to work and play. And I think housing first and foremost is extremely important. Um, I think affordable housing and historic preservation need to work more closely together. There's a lot of ways that they could, um, and it's just not being done. <laughs> well, and, um, and I want to stop you there. And you're so historic preservation commission. How can you be involved if I'm a developer and I own a piece of property? And I want to do good in the community, but also make a little bit money. If I approach you, how can you help? So if you go to a city's website, or even if you just type in uh, City of Fresno Historic Preservation, you'll see on their website, there's a page for um, our Historic Commission. And it goes into detail as far as um, the roles that the commission plays or that we try to play uh, as long as uh, city and city council uh, work with us on those things. That's always the goal. Um, it, we are not here to be roadblocks. We're here to make sure that these cultures and it's more than about old buildings. Uh, Armenian town and what is currently happening in Armenian town is a great example. Do we need affordable housing? Absolutely, desperately, but there are so many vacant properties, <laughs> so many vacant properties um, throughout this city that affordable housing could absolutely work for. Um, I think there has to be a happy balance between that and respecting the cultures that their history is tied to those neighborhoods, to that land, to those properties. Uh, if you don't care about historic preservation, maybe you care about culture, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think you just got to find a way to talk to different people about it. And I think if anyone, the Historic Commission, we, um, we have great people on. Um, we have uh, an architect. We have uh, a professor from Fresno State. Um, we have myself, <laughs> who is, you know, uh, just self-taught uh, kind of guy who um, is very involved locally um, and passionate about our preservation, obviously. But um, we're not there to stall projects. We're there to find solutions. 
uh, we're there to figure out a way um, that we can make projects happen or, um, you know, the benefit of having someone who uh, is an architect on the commission is that he's educated in those things. He can say, well, you know, actually it might be cheaper or would be cheaper if you went this route and it actually pays more tribute to the architecture and history of the neighborhood. And some people, most people that I've witnessed, and I've only been on the commission, I believe since 2020, COVID kind of mixed up my <laughs> time frame. Um, most people just don't know. Uh, the same thing as it goes for not knowing about what we have in our own city, uh, what we have in downtown. People just don't know. And great. We're running out of time this week on the program, Chris, but you and I can talk for hours about this stuff. And I am going to have you back in the future. But I want to ask you, you make a great point, and I'm glad you emphasized it a couple of times. People just don't know. And I'm with you. And it's not a criticism because I didn't. There was a time when I didn't know. How can Same. people... <laughs> How can people find out more information? Do you have a website or documents they can go to? Yes. Um, please follow me. Um, while I am humbled and so proud to serve on the city's historic commission, uh, I also am on the uh, Fresno Historical Society board. I, I don't work for uh, the city. My, my role is honestly to represent the community. It's not political for me. It never has been to me. It's just common sense, preserve our cultures, preserve our history, respect them, respect the people that uh, it, it's theirs, it's their culture and their history. And I think we just should move in that direction. Uh, vin Vintage Fresno on Instagram. Uh, and Vintage Fresno on Facebook. And I do have a website uh, that is coming up soon. So um, anything and everything you want to know, or you can email me vintagefresno at gmail.com and I can send you all the resources you need. Perfect way to end the program. Vintage Fresno. Remember that name, vintagefresno at gmail.com. Remember that email address. Chris Ramos, who is the Chris... Rocha, that everybody knows for years. Congratulations on the wedding, by the way. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this week, Chris, and we'll have you back in another time. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. That's all for this edition of San Joaquin Spotlight. This is a public affairs broadcast airing on CMAC, Comcast 93 and AT&T 99. So thank you to those watching on those medians. Thank you also to those listening on Talk Radio 1550, KXEX, and to those listening on Anchor FM, which is really a Spotify company podcast. Our guest has been Chris Ramos, also known as Chris Rocha, Vintage Fresno. He loves history, did a great job of educating us. Tune in next week to a new edition.
This program was made possible in part by FaceLogic Essential Skin Care and Spa in Clovis.